Hello, it's Ed Gamble here from the Off Menu podcast that you're currently listening to. I am on tour now. The show is called Hot Diggity Dog. Make sure you go and get yourself a ticket. I'm probably coming to a town near you if you live in the UK and Ireland. And Ireland, Dublin and Belfast. Do go to edgamble.co.uk, buy yourself a ticket, and I'll see you for an evening of Hot Diggity Dog. Hot Diggity Dog! Thank you, James. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast. Taking the cocoa pops of conversation, pouring over the cold milk of humor, and... God. <laughs> oh, yes. I thought, it's, it's nearly there. He's going to bring this home. Turn in the milk chocolatey with. No, I was about to, no, I was about to say, I should have said turn the milk chocolatey, but then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was about to say, hey, listen to the snap, crackle, and pop. Imagine if I'd said that. Much better to just pull out of it halfway through, I think. Well, it's more Rice Krispies, isn't it? The snap, crackle, and well, pop exactly. conversation. So, like, I guess. You want to I should have said the taking the Rice Krispies with... of, of conversation, pouring over the cold milk of humour and listening to the snap, crackle and pop of the podcast or something. I hadn't even thought that bit through. So, <laughs> I mean, I, a lot of podcast hosts would uh, do another take, but that's yeah. not happening today, unfortunately. I think it's really funny to have it like that. I think give the listeners the, the reality of it, which yeah. is, you know, which is yeah. a man just going, oh, God, fuck <laughs> I love it. And also, just a little another peek behind the curtain. We have just had to do another intro for another episode, so I struggled to come up with those anyway. But yes. two in a row, and the last one was quite good. So two in a row is an absolute nightmare. We'll leave this one to the listener to finish. You can tweet yes. at off menu official. <laughs> it's taken the cocoa pops of conversation, conversation pouring over the cold milk of humor, and then you got to finish it. And then, oh God, is where you, I got to. You, the listener, can finish it. Tweet it at the great Benito. Say, hey there, Mr. Benito. I've got an intro for you, oh. And then you have to put the the full intro. Yeah. This is the off-menu podcast where we are in a dream restaurant and we invite a guest in and they choose their favourite ever start and main course, dessert, side dish and drink. Not in that order. And this week, our guest is... Makita Oliver. Oliver. Makita Oliver, wonderful presenter, broadcaster, writer, all of those things. She's brilliant. A lot of people may remember her from Pop World. She's very much part of the fabric of our TV growing up, James. Absolutely. Big deal for us having Makita Oliver on the podcast. Even bigger a deal because we've had her mother, Andy Oliver, the wonderful chef and TV presenter, and, and loads more, on the pod. We have. We know... Andy's menu, we talked a bit about Makita in that episode as well, and their their show, What's for Dinner, Mummy? What's for Dinner, Mummy, yes. And it's actually, James, it's our second parent-child crossover yeah. pod. In as many weeks. We've had the Spalls, and now we've had the Olivers. So I'm looking forward to hearing what Makita picks. Of course, she's from a great food dynasty uh, from mm-hmm. Andy Oliver. Andy uh, runs a Caribbean restaurant called Badadley. So, you know, 
I'm looking forward to hearing what gets selected, what delicious things we can hear from Makita. It's actually our third parent-child episode, Ed, should point out. Not the second. Yes. A lot of people don't know this, but Joel Domit is Mike Skinner's son. (laughs) I never would have thunk it. Yeah, I can see it now you've said it, actually. Yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? No, it is obvious now you've said that. That makes a lot of sense if you listen to Joel's links on The Masked Singer. Some of them have got that quality of the streets. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. He's growing up in that environment. I do want to get Joel back on just to plug The Love Trap. Oh, man. If you haven't seen The Love Trap, you've got to watch it. Or or at least watch the opening montage of the first episode that tells you all the rules of what the show is. And if if you you don't laugh at that, you're dead inside. I'll tell you what they do (laughs) when they knock someone out of the dating thing. They drop (laughs) drop them through a trap door. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the love trap. We are here to chat to the wonderful Makita Oliver. Makita herself presents a wine podcast called Wine Times, which is uh, the Times Wine Club podcast uh, with Will Lyons, who's a wonderful uh, wine expert. And I I was on the first ever episode of that, James, so I'd heartily recommend going to check that out if you enjoy fun chats and nice wine. But uh, we will be dropping Makita through the fucking floor if she says a secret ingredient, James. Uh, yes, every week we have a secret ingredient that we deem to be unpalatable, and if the guest chooses it, we kick him out the dream restaurant. And this week, cheeky little callback to Andy Oliver's episode, because she mentioned something. So we, we, we might be being a bit naughty here, so maybe Makita will choose it. This week, the secret ingredient is a chicken's, chicken's ass. A chicken's ass. Now, I think we're talking about the Parsons' nose, which I actually quite like. I always gravitate to the arse. But uh, if Makita picks the chicken arse, trap doors open, through she goes. Yep. Sorry, Makita. And, you know, it will be out of order of us if it happens, because we know that her mother loves the chicken's arse and her grandmother loves the chicken's arse. Yeah. Well, let's find out. This is the off-menu menu of Makita Oliver. Makita Oliver. Welcome, Makita, to the Dream Restaurant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome, Makita Oliver, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. This is James the Genie. Makita, you let us know beforehand you weren't quite sure what goes on in this podcast, so I like to explain up top that James is a genie waiter and he can bring you whatever you want from wherever in the world and from any time. Oh, because I heard him say genie on my mum's episode and I was like, what is he on about? I get it now. (laughs) I get it. Okay. Okay. So you bring the magic, as it were. Yep, always. Okay. No one's really clear on what Ed brings. No, that's true. Structure? I think structure, and uh, quite often uh, for some guests, uh, I have to explain to them what James is doing and what he means. Fair Um, I'm basically here to translate. He's basically like a little pet alien. Right, that you have to sort of describe and explain to people. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I mean, I know... I know James's work, so... Yeah, I feel like you might be on the right wavelength, Makita. I think you will understand him. I see James as a rogue individual. Mm. Yes, that's fair. What what, what of my work have you seen? Well, um, one time... Have you ever supported Simon Amstel? Uh, no, I've been on bills with him. Maybe a bill with him. I went to see something that he was doing and you were doing it as well. And I was like, this guy's funny. But it was a while ago and you weren't famous yet. Yeah. yeah. If you thought he was funny, that wouldn't have been James. That's, <laughs> yeah, you've got, the, you've got the wrong me. person there. I would have been telling the audience they weren't good enough for me and then storming off. But... Yeah, but that's funny shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty funny, isn't it? Doing that. 
That's funny. What did you think of your mum's episode? You said you listened to it. Did you think she made good choices? Uh, listen, we don't enjoy the same food. Really? No, no, no. Actually, to be fair, something on my menu is exactly the same, but we don't we don't actually enjoy the same food because I because she's so chefy, I like everything really plain. <laughs> I feel that she just oh, it's always a bit too rich, few too many ingredients. I'm like, can't we just have a gravy? I like plain food, but I think it's the I think it's the Scottish in me. So you feel like the the Scottish is winning out in this in this battle yeah, of food cultures because I grew up with her and not my dad, so it's like. I was yearning for mints and tatties and she was just taking it to cut different levels. <laughs> it's just terrible. Having a chef as a parent, for me, isn't as like wonderful as people would think. Because I'd right. rather so- I'd rather my mum was someone who owned a calf. That I'd be into that. But then do you think you might be like wanting more extravagant things if your mum owned a calf and you're getting given calf food all the time? I love calf food. I would say it's probably one of my greatest restaurants because I just love that you can get hot dinners breakfast and then like puddings that's my kind of menu so in do you like the decor of a calf because obviously we're creating your dream restaurant do you want it to have the look of a calf yeah absolutely there was a calf called the shepherdess on old street uh on the corner and it was like sort of green and white tiled so you know really good old school calf almost looks like a pie and mash shop so i'd like a, a calf to look like a calf but not like one of those dirty ones where you think the kitchen is actually disgusting just like <laughs> You know those ones. Like an old Just, school cat. Yeah. Like, I used to like school dinners as well. I'm into that plain shit. You want the plastic calf chairs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd to be in a calf in a comfortable chair. That would be completely wrong, wouldn't it? I think it's such a horrible waste that you grew up with a, she- a chef parent <laughs> and you like plain stuff. I'm so jealous that you got to grow up with Andy. What a wonderful chef. And you're just there going, oh, I want mints and tatties. It's absolutely disgraceful, yeah. Makita. I know, I know. She hates it. <laughs> she absolutely hates it. But I have to say, in my childhood, my mum did, you know, adhere to my tastes more because there was less chefing to be done. There was more cooking for the child to be done. She would make a banging meatloaf, great yeah. meatloaf. She kept it quite plain, not too spicy or anything. Good, great mushroom gravy. My mum makes the most amazing gravy when she just keeps it simple. Am I really cussing my mum out? No, no, not at all. Is that so? Do you really hope for the meatloaf and gravy when you ask the question, what's for dinner, mummy? Oh, yeah. yeah. What's for dinner, mummy? God, you really uh, (laughs) shat all over what's for dinner, mummy, in my mum's episode. I was like, how have they turned into this weird, creepy thing? (laughs) Well, well, sounds creepy. It does sound quite creepy. Is it the mummy, not mum? Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's yeah. why I was like, let's not call it this. And she was like, no, I like it. <laughs> Ed was a very little, is a precocious little boy when it came to food. So I imagine Ed, when he was little, would have loved Andy Oliver as yes. his mum. Like maybe the two of you were switched at birth, maybe? Yeah, because yeah. I bet your mum made great pies and sort of shepherd's pie. I love shepherd's pie. She does, yeah, she does make a really good shepherd's pie, actually. Bangers yeah. and mash. See what I'm talking about? Mm. I know your life and I want yeah. it and you yeah. can have this. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fine, deal. I would also like to say that I, I enjoy my mum's food very much as well, but I'd happily maybe come over every other night to ask what's for dinner, mummy, at yeah. Andy Oliver's house. Do you know what? I really should say the same. I would also like to say I really <laughs> like my mum's food. Mm. I just, um, I like it simple. I like it plain. It's an interesting thing to say up top in a food podcast that you like plain food so now we're staring down the barrel of a very long episode 
<laughs> I'm still quite specific about certain things. It's not just any old plain mm. food. It's got right. to be colors are really important to me. Yes. I need sauce with most things I eat. You know, don't worry. This is going to be okay, deeply okay, interesting. Okay, that's <laughs> no, 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 we're not worried. But, you know, this is the only menu where right at the top, I can comfortably say this is the worst menu we've ever had. <laughs> We normally start by asking you about water and stuff, but I don't want to preempt your dessert. <laughs> oh my god! Have I still got time to jazz it up a bit? No, it wouldn't be the truth. I have to tell the truth. Follow yeah, your heart. The truth. In that case, we start with still or sparkling water. I'm guessing because you're a, pl- a plain, a plainer. <laughs> Such a boring bitch. You probably don't like sparkling water. <laughs> imagine if I'd phrased it like that. Yeah. I imagine because you're such a boring bitch. You're gonna go for. <laughs> And the podcast, gonna, going yes, I'm going to have a glass of still water, James. Yes. I am. Why do you prefer that over the sparkling? We have a lot of Swedish family and they love sparkling water. And mum and I have just always liked really, really cold still water. I don't like sparkling water. It always tastes a bit iffy, mm. like it wasn't meant to be fizzy. Yeah, that's I don't, fair. I don't, I don't really trust it. You think sparkling water was like a mistake, like a, a sort of freak science happening? I, I drink a lot of water and it doesn't feel like it does the same things. It just feels like it's off mm-hmm. fizzy water. Mm-hmm. I always thought in my thirties or I, when I grew up, I'd be someone who has like one of those green, but just someone that was like, I've got a bottle of sparkling water on me, but yeah. I never became that person. On you, you wanted to be someone so posh that you had a, spark, a sparkling <laughs> bottle of water on you at all times. Yeah. Like in my gym bag, I was like 12 thinking out what it would be like <laughs> to be an adult. Yes. <laughs> right. That's what I thought it would be like. Yeah. Is there, is there a particular brand of still water that you prefer or do you just want it out the tap? No, I hate tap water. Yeah, uh, what I've got, James, is a, a Brita water filter from Argos for a tenner, which is the best tenner I ever spent. And you just refill it all day and you've just always got nice filtered water. And I, it, it does taste better. It mm-hmm. does. You know, you're meant to drink three litres of water a day, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of water, so it might as well be the good stuff. How much sure. do you think you get through, James, on a regs? Not enough. On a daily. Not yeah. enough. I know that my colleague, Ed Gamble, has like a proper massive flask that has it measured down the side oh, of like how much he's got <laughs> yeah i think but, you brought that to the podcast i did with you when you came did. on my podcast yeah which was about wine but you still brought that water so it's quite quite commitment yeah well you got to stay hydrated right you got to stay mm. hydrated um i i actually very rarely use this now i think this only has this has two and a bit liters measured on there i'd say what? sometimes i hit my water and sometimes I don't, and I really feel it. I run out of energy halfway through the day if I'm not drinking enough water. Get one of those Brita water filters because it's just in your fridge, so you're just always like, oh, nice cold filtered glass of water. Yeah, it makes I mean... you want to drink it more. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I can't stand? People that drink the wrong drinks out of the wrong cups. Go on. Like, Go on. on a reel. Like Coca-Cola out of a mug. Oh, yeah. I completely get yeah. that. Why would you do that? Right? Yeah. It just reminds me of, like, the end of a bad party. doesn't yeah. taste right. It doesn't taste right. I don't water in a mug. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of into water in a mug. I don't mind no, water in a mug. I get it. Okay, let's run a bunch of things by you, see how you feel about them. Milkshake in a shot glass? <laughs> yes. You would like that? Yeah, because that's just a quick shot of milkshake. And a milkshake, so there's always too much, isn't there? Soup in a martini glass. Gazpacho, <laughs> yes. Uh, Oh, that's interesting, but not hot soup. No, vessels are important to me. Vessels and colours are important to you so far. We've got that. (laughs) Does that make me more more interesting yet? No, I'm just just really hoping that we're just trying to get anything to make you interesting. Anything out of this. (laughs) Um, Would you like Mountain Dew out of one of those little plastic 
kind of balls that you put uh, washing detergent in before you put it in the washing machine. <laughs> I mean, obviously not. Before you, before you finish that sentence, James, no. Let me stop you there. No fucking way. <laughs> it's clean. It's, it's not had washing detergent in it yet. Yeah, but it's the, it's the visual connotations, isn't it? It's like this yeah. used to have soap in it. Sure. But just to end my vessel chat, see, this is my tea, right? Mm, and okay. I don't think I could live without this thing. No, it's like a little flask. Yeah. A metal flask with a blue finish on the outside. Like a but firm. it's the soup one, and yeah. I drink tea out of it. Ah, so oh. that's going against your rules. A hypocrite. <laughs> actually... We got ourselves a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> a bullshitting hypocrite. No, it's because um, I, I just know better than them, and, and I want that much tea. Right, that's fair enough. You want a soup's worth of tea. Yeah. What kind of tea is yeah. that? Oh, oh, now I'm going to sound right, Jazzy. It's a fresh hibiscus. Um, mm. I don't know if you can see it's very red. Oh, it is very red. My friend Phoebe gave me these hibiscus flowers, and I've actually got it together to start drinking it as tea every day. Amazing. I look after myself, guys. Just a bit. And these chilies things, they're, they're fucked up. They keep everything so hot. Like, I used to go to Leeds to um, last year to film this show. Sorry, this year. Beginning this year, uh, Channel 4 moved to Leeds. So I had to go there once a week and I would fill this and when I woke up in Leeds the next day, it was still boiling hot. What? And I was like, that's design. You sure someone hadn't just filled it up while you were asleep for you? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't have staff filling up my tea while I yeah, sleep. Yeah, if it was a really nice hotel, they might have done that. Yeah. It wasn't. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pop-lums or bread? Pop-lums or bread, Makita Oliver? Pop-lums or bread? Oh my God. Uh... Poppadoms. Uh, no, because I don't like oh. Oh. mixing cuisines and that won't go with the rest of my meal. Does it have to go with the rest of my meal? No, it's, it's, it's you. your dream meal, whatever you want. Then I'd have that really nice nutty, warm brown bread that comes in like really quite nice restaurants with their like homemade butter. That's always good. Nutty brown bread. Yeah, you know, that's like really lovely, crispy on the outside and then sort of soft and you get it in hunks. Maybe this was just a growing up in West London thing, but that's like how bread came at restaurants. Yeah. Hunks of bread, and the bread. butter is homemade butter. If it's fancy enough. Can you tell when you're looking at it that it's homemade? <laughs> no, no way. But you can taste it. Oh, God, yeah. You know, like, have you ever had homemade butter? I think so. These restaurants. I guess so. Yeah, you, you've been to restaurants. I've been to some places. <laughs> I guess all butter's homemade in a way. It just <laughs> well, depends yeah. what you think of a, think of as a home. Well, a quite. I don't think they had cows in the back, but there was... I don't know what homemade in the restaurant means, actually. Mm. Whipped themselves. Yeah, it's not made in a factory. How do you make butter? You just like shake some milk for ages. That's an Andy. That's my mum has that answer. I don't. It's know unbelievable how. that you don't. Surely you'd pick up some <laughs> things as as you're growing up with with Andy. You... Yeah, yeah. Like I can cook, and it's because of my mum. I'm good. Like I'm timing is everything, and instinct, and uh, trusting your gut, and all that. And also, she taught me to cook visually with color and vessels and vessels. <laughs> You drop two mice into a bowl of cream. Ugh. And one of those mice just drowned, but the other one kept on paddling and churned that cream into butter and then walked out. What? Is the question, do you eat the cream? That's how butter's made. What are you on about, mate? Not mice. That is disgusting. In the film Catch Me If You Can, Christopher (laughs) Walken tells that story. And right. it's inspiring to... I mean, it got a different reaction when he told it to what I just got just now. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, but you're right. He does tell that weird story because I like it. that film. But I always thought it was a metaphor about something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, working hard and stuff. And, like, yeah, like, 
you know, that mouse just kept on paddling until it churned. Keep paddling. Churned Keep it paddling. in the cream. You, you make butter, butter by sticking it up your ass. What? Who's, who says that? Christopher Walken. He says that he was in the war and he yeah. escaped with the butter, with yeah. the milk up his ass. And when it came out, it was butter. Your father kept his butter up his ass. <laughs> I kept the butter up my ass. You have seen the film then. I think so. Well, Ed is now, quote, in Pulp Fiction. Ed is cross-pollinated oh. it. Let's go over into Pulp Fiction when, it, when, he's, when he delivers the watch. It's incredible that Christopher Walken has two butter stories. <laughs> two different films. That's what threw me. Well, I should, should, should point out that in Pulp Fiction, it's a watch that he keeps up his ass. It isn't a stick of butter. Oh, he's not, yeah. He doesn't go to the little boy and delivers yeah. him a stick of butter. He goes, this, this butter's your birthright. <laughs> your dad was going to be damned. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Walken is possibly the most impersonated actor of all time, and neither me or James can do a good one. I think, I think we're doing pretty well. No, 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 no. Because when someone gets Christopher Walken right, it's you, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. And that yeah. wasn't what just happened. Huh? <laughs> Up his ass. <laughs> I, the inflections are good. Yeah, yeah he sure. goes up. He definitely goes up. So your your butter, just to be clear, <laughs> no. you want it churned by mice m- and kept up Christopher Walken's ass. <laughs> Is that what you said? I made. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's the only way I take it. Yeah. <laughs> your starter. What we what we thinking here? Plain, I'm guessing. Okay, so it was going to be just a really good salad. Oh my god. <laughs> because hang on, don't leave me yet, guys. Leaves are really important to me. It's not just like any old shit, and I wouldn't ever eat iceberg lettuce. I, I, I really like green, verdant leaves. And they would have to be things like radicchio, parsley, dandelion greens, watercress, sorrel. It's a very beautiful salad, but on the side would be our family oysters. And unfortunately, that was my mum's starter, but they are just so life-changing. Uh-huh. And it's such a joy to share them with people. You did mum's episode quite a while ago, and you both went, yeah, 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 we'll definitely do that. I'm getting the ingredients now. Has anyone had these oysters since my mum's episode? No, we were lying. No. Yeah. You, were, you were lying. Cool. Listen, your mother's a very nice lady and I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but <laughs> I can't remember a single word she said. I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, that's good that I'm repeating her starter then. But it is just oysters with um, hot sauce, shallot vinegar, and then the piece de resistance shot of champagne. And it mm. is just, it runs through you and it's just like, do. And you're ready to party, eat, chat. It's a right old livener before a meal. Mm. And I think if you still haven't done it, we're getting close to Christmas now. Get your shit together. It will change your Christmas. Well, I'll say it again. I'm going to try it. Yeah, I'm going to get all the stuff. (laughs) I'm going to try that. And uh, we'll have another member of your family on in a year. And we still won't have done it. (laughs) If you don't want your life to be more exciting, that's fine. But don't Mm. you? No, I do. I do genuinely want to try it. But it's just very rare that I organise myself in such a way that I've got oysters and champagne knocking about the house. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. yeah. Christmas? Christmas, maybe. Yeah, Christmas, okay. I can probably sort it out. This is Ed's first Christmas as a married man. Yes. Oh, well, that's a cause for celebration. Yeah. That is a sexy thing to do with the wife. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oysters, they're like aphrodisiacs, yeah. and then there's champagne in them. I mean, it's a great time. It really is a great time. But you've also set this at Christmas where you talk about visiting family members, and I don't think uh, with the rest of my family I should announce something as a sexy thing to do with my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, yeah, yeah. I've, gathered, I've gathered you all here this Christmas, my my extended family, to watch me do something sexy with my new wife. Well, you know. No. Keep it between you two on Christmas date night. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, wife, are you are you ready to do something sexy? I learned something <laughs> from the Oliver family. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, this sounds great. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, because you know they have only just got married, but they've been together for a very very long time. Oh, so you got to keep it spicy. And so I think any tips, any tips like that, are welcome at this point. Yeah. Ed, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You can get bored of just normal oysters with no champagne in them. You know, sometimes you've got to add champagne to the oyster. Exactly. Yeah. Well, quite. Yeah. Fizz it up a bit. Did we ask your mum? I can't remember if we asked Adi Oliver if if, uh, if this was called like porn star oysters or something like that because that's what the cocktail's called, isn't it? It's not called porn star oysters. No. Isn't that a horrible name for a cocktail? Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's also disgusting a porn star martini. Yeah. So it's all just I'm just not into any of that. Yeah. Also ordering in the bar. Can I get a, uh, like, oh, please. Yeah. yeah. Is there any dressing on this salad or is it just the leaves? I would never have an undressed salad. Well, you didn't um, mention a dressing, so, you know. Yeah. It would be one of my Swedish family's dressings, which, are, again, quite simple. Yeah. But it's like shallots, mustard, lemon, vinegar. Mm. Uh, really good, really good olive oil. I'm into very good produce. You know, in MasterChef, when they always say that very irritating line, when someone makes something like plain, they always say, oh, yeah, there's nowhere for her to hide. Yeah, and yeah, that is true with food that I like. You can't really. I don't know that because I'm into it being quite plain, though. So I don't really know. No, but I get what you mean. You want the quality of the ingredients to be as high as possible, so you get really good stuff. You can taste the quality in it, then you don't need all the extra stuff. Yeah, I said that, and then I was like, no, but I love a calf sausage, which is the mm, that's the opposite. Yeah, opposite. There's loads of places to hide. Yeah. <laughs> You can hide in a calf sausage. <laughs> you can hide. There's so many places to hide. There are so many disgusting things to hide from. <laughs> um, but I do love a calf sausage. Mm. But so does my mum. There you go. Yeah. Got, you got her there. Do you want a sexy tip for a calf sausage? <laughs> yeah. Dip it in champagne. <laughs> it's a sexy thing to do with your family at Christmas. <laughs> okay. Well, we all thought that was going somewhere way worse. Calf, yeah. Calf <laughs> I thought, oh dear, this is going to have to be our first official apology to a guest (laughs) after he says this. No, I don't, I wouldn't want to mix the worlds. I think I quite like fancy and then plain, which you'll Mm. see as we continue on my menu. The fancy bit was the oysters and the good salad. You don't like mixing highbrow, lowbrow. We do that at home quite a lot. We'll do a highbrow, lowbrow night where we get packet noodles, like ramen noodles, and then do a duck breast and have them together. Oh, so you mix. You know what I was about to say? When you said, because I don't, I didn't know this about Ed, that they do highbrow, lowbrow nights. And when he said we do that at home, sometimes we do highbrow, lowbrow, I was about to really slam his relationship and everything about him. And then he said the noodles and the duck breast. I thought, that sounds delicious. Uh, once yep. again, I'm wrong about Ed's life. It is, it is pretty great. <laughs> also, it seems like you really enjoy those highbrow, lowbrow nights. I love yeah. highbrow, lowbrow nights. Yeah. It's great. Maybe I should chill the fuck out and start mixing. Maybe next time you do the oysters, get the oysters, highbrow, and instead of champagne, Fanta. Strongbow, Fanta. <laughs> Fanta or Strongbow. <laughs> strongbow is probably, yeah, even more lowbrow, to be fair, than Fanta. <laughs> Dream main course. From here on out, your menu's nothing like your mum's. You're, you're, you're sticking up no. two fingers to, to your mum for this whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Thank you for raising me and feeding me so well. But she knows this about me. So, yeah, so we recently, uh, for a job, did DNA tests. God, have you done them? No. No. <sighs> Bit mind-blowing. And um, I'm like 48% Scottish. 
Oh. And my dad is, yeah, he's Scottish, but like he's re- obviously really fucking Scottish. And it kind of brought a lot of clarity to this kind of food that I love uh-huh. because uh-huh. it is just mints and tatties. Yeah. And I've always just gravitated towards that food. So I feel a little less, I kind of understand myself more now. I'm like, that's why I like all that stuff. So I think I would have, <laughs> so I'd literally just have mints. Yep. <laughs> and then best mashed potatoes around and then greens peas are really important to me i love peas more than any vegetable in the world and then loads of really good gravy and i'm done i'm happy it's your favorite meal <laughs> james is so disappointed in this. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wow. i mean it is incredible makita in this plate of food i would need everything in its place like the meat has to be there the potatoes have to be there i hate when people put gravy on potatoes it has to all be in its section god i'm uptight and when i got to the caribbean i realized that they're quite like that they're very they like sort of weird shitty vegetables like i do like peas and sweet corn and they like to have order and put the color in one place so maybe it's just this is what the mix of mm. caribbean scottish brings ed mince and tatties yeah. mince and tatties feels more scottish that really <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure you can claim the Caribbean is that it's all separated. <laughs> so wait, how funky do people usually get with their main? Like, oh no, no, no. We're we're, we're being unfair. Everyone yeah. always picks mints and tatties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had this book that my dad gave me when I was a kid called The Bruins, and it was about a Scottish family, and they would eat dinner every night, and it was a colour book, and I was obsessed with it. And the mints and tatties is what they ate. And I just love the way it looked and the colour of it. So maybe it's about me eating my childhood or something. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted the best mash in the world. Mm. Want me to make it? Well. Mash king? Are you mash king? James is the mash king. I'm the mash king. Are you actually? I can make it for you. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, on a real. But uh, what do you think is great mash? So back in the day. We'd uh, boil a bunch of potatoes until they're, like, almost falling apart, put them in the massive pot. Mm. Then I'd dump loads of, like, salt and pepper, cream, handfuls of cheese, and then I'd mash it all for ages. Yes, you've you've lost me. Why are we adding cheese? Tastes good. Why not? Because I, like, need it to be, like, clean and (laughs) tasteless. We wouldn't make it cheesy mash. Right. I wouldn't add so much cheese that you taste the cheese in it, it just kind of oh. really adds... Oh, that's weird. It just adds to the kind of like... So it's a uh, seasoning, as cheese is the no, seasoning. No, 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 I'm still like going pretty hardcore, but it's like, it's so integrated in the flavour. You wouldn't even eat it and go, this is cheesy mash. It's just like so creamy, super creamy mash. Yeah, it does sound pretty great. My uh, Irish auntie Tessa makes it really white with a lot of black pepper, uh-huh. but it tastes so creamy. I I think French mashed potato can be a little bit too buttery, sometimes a bit too yellow. I like it white mm. and whipped, like whipped potatoes. I know what you mean, especially if you're having it with something like mince. You want that to they sort of offset each other. But I love that French stuff. I think it's is it aligot the stuff that's like half cheese, half potato basically and it's like wallpaper paste thickness it's just like it's so good oh yes 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 i can't even explain that texture yeah right it's crazy oh my god what restaurant used to have that i think it was um balance used to have that in soho (laughs) 
I was there for very different reasons than other people. I was yeah. there for the, the potatoes. Eating mashed potato at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> while well. everyone else was, wasn't hungry for some reason. <laughs> yeah, while everyone else <laughs> didn't fancy any food. Yeah. I was like, the mashed potatoes here are really good. <laughs> I went on a, um, a in my in my tw- late 20s, it's a bit depressed, not really working, and I decided to take myself on a tour <laughs> in West London of all the greatest places to get mashed potato or spaghetti wow. bolognese. So hold on, in one day? No, 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 like over a few months. If I I wasn't doing much, James, and I was like, yeah. another afternoon off. I, I will go test the spaghetti bolognese in that m- amazing Italian cafe in Holland Park or that place in Notting Hill, or I'll go a bit posher today. And So I did a tour of mashed potato and spaghetti bolognese, and it, it was great, but I got really fat. <laughs> well, and have, you pitched, have you pitched this as a travel show, <laughs> the mashed potato and spaghetti bolognese uh, odyssey? <laughs> No, but there is something in, like, finding the perfect version of a mm-hmm. dish. Definitely. Yes. That's a show. When was this? Let, 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 let me get my, my timeline sorted now. Is this pre or post Pop World? Post Pop World, yeah. So Pop yeah. World, you've done Pop World with Simon, and now... 15 to 21. 15 to 21 you did that? Yeah. Were you 15, were you 15 when you started that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know, a little bit illegal, you'd think, but no. And then um, T4, uh, sort of 19 to... 27 so this was uh-huh. like the year after and i was a bit like what am i gonna do with my life and i was like well i could just find the best spaghetti bolognese in the area <laughs> so were you having a breakdown <laughs> yes could have been worse, <laughs> could have you, been you, worse. You've, you've been you've been on tv for over a decade since since you were 15 you could you could have just completely got off the rails but instead you ate loads of spaghetti bolognese and mashed potato <laughs> To be fair, thank you, James. That's good. Yeah. I think there was also some real stuff as well, but that was my sort of daily vibe. That was yeah. my afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I dread to think what the evenings held then. In that case, <laughs> by the time eight o'clock ran around, it was like, oh fuck. Well, you've yeah, lined your, you've lined your stomach already. Yeah, I was ready. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a wonderful time, but I think I was looking for comfort, mm-hmm. and that is where I find it in in potatoes and pasta. And I think, yeah, your main course, there's a lot of comfort to be had there yeah. as well. And I do, there we're making we're making, look, we're making fun of mints and tatties. It does sound delicious. It is. I love mints. My mum sent me a picture because she's she was filming in Scotland the other day. And actually, when they're, because I've never had mints and tatties, well, like haggis and tatties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never had that. And she sent me a picture. And there's like loads of interesting, like, look at that. Like, there's a lot of sauce going on. Yeah, it's like a cream sauce, right? Right, that's. To me, that's quite an interesting addition. So who knows what kind of sauce we'll have at this main course, but probably something creamy and mushroomy. Is there somewhere where you've had mince and tatties that is the best mince and tatties you've ever had and that you want it for your dream meal? Or is it just a general, wherever it's from, it'll always be comforting and you don't mind where it's from? No, I remember when I first had it, I was like eight and my dad is squatting some weird house in like South London. And when you're young and uh, when you're a kid and from West London, South London, I thought it was in a different country, I think. And I felt a bit scared and a bit like, where are we? And then he made me mince and tatties and I felt really loved and safe. Great. And he really knows how to make mashed potato. Oh, does he? So, yeah, I didn't even really fucking think about that. Yeah, I think it is. It was like the first meal I had from him. And I was like, this is fucking great. Because it was nothing That's like nice. the stuff mum made. So it's kind, it's like wow. comforting, warm. It makes you feel welcome. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. getting on board with this mince and tatties thing. Oh, thanks. If you're into mints, go to the Quality Chop House. I've never been. Oh, 
it's one of my favourite restaurants in London, and they do mm. do a dish which they don't do it as regularly as they used to. But it's it's mince on toast, and it is just the best mince you'll ever taste on, on a really nice bit of uh, I think it's sourdough or something like toast mm. and mm-hmm. a bit of like watercress with it. It's it's phenomenal. See, this is what I'm talking about, like meat. Bit of green, carb. That's my kind of restaurant quality chop house. Oof. Yeah. I've never been to this chop house place. Where is it? It's in Clerkenwell. Oh, no, Farrington. Yeah, Farrington, yeah. And it's opposite the Eagle, isn't it? Which was like that yes. fir- the first ever gastro pub, which is bloody brilliant food, but a bit too rich for me. Bit too many flavours for me. Yeah, you're, you're, you're walking past that. Quality yeah. Shop House was one of the, the, I think, the first place I went back to after the big lockdown when restaurants were open you could eat outside. And I sat outside there with my friend Paul and we had the biggest meal of all time. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I ate there, I was so excited to have restaurant food again, I genuinely got goosebumps. Fair enough. That's how excited I was. It was so good. Who the hell's Paul? <laughs> Paul Sweeney. Okay, yes. Who the hell? Great. Great story, Ed. Who the hell is Paul? <laughs> yeah. Paul Sweeney is a dear friend and mine and James is barber. Does James get a bit um, territorial with you? Yes. Well, it's someone I haven't heard of. Yeah, Quite absolutely. Impressive. Like, you have heard of him. Yeah, well, this is okay. Yeah. But initially, when Ed was saying that, I was like, I can't even think who this could be. What, what is he on about? So do you think you know every single one of Ed's friends and would be quite perturbed not to recognise a name? Yeah. At Ed's wedding, I, I was satisfied that no one there was surprised to me. I knew them all. I knew who they were. That was fine. That was the main agenda of your wedding, right? James has got to know them. We basically, yeah. we when we sat down to do the guest list, we were like, the last thing we want on this day is to spook James. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of people, actually, that we didn't invite because we were worried that James might freak out. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Good. I'm glad they didn't get invited. Paul could only come for the evening, unfortunately, because... Yeah, oh, James that's nice. You invite your barber to your yes. wedding. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. He's also a friend, I would say. Friend before yes. barber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just inviting him a barber to my wedding. <laughs> I wasn't running out of ideas so much that the guy cut my hair. I was like, well, what are, you, are you busy on next Thursday? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good 
Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Your dream side dish. Well, because you've already got the potatoes and stuff, so I think you can throw in whatever you like, you know. Also, your your kind of, like, tendency towards plain stuff almost doesn't lend itself to sides at all, because that's overcomplicating <laughs> things, isn't yeah. it? No, because I love cauliflower cheese. I'm just thinking, is that a bit rich with the meat? Most people would say no, not at all, <laughs> not even remotely. That we've thought we'd even ended the their heads, the cauliflower no. cheese could make <laughs> the meal too rich. Yeah. yeah, but it's not a bird, it's mince. I'm imagining this meal being eaten in a prison. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll have some cauliflower cheese just to take it out of the prison setting (laughs) and back into the cap. This would genuinely be my last meal in prison. Yeah, and and your first. And you know what? They wouldn't even need to nip out and do any shopping if you asked for this. (laughs) Right, go and ask Makita what her last meal is. Oh, she's just said, we've got it all in. We've got it all in the kitchen. It's already on the menu. Don't you have to change today's menu? That's what we're already (laughs) going to serve. (laughs) That's on the menu. Yeah. Just give her a bit of dinner for yeah. her last meal. Oh, God. So when we come onto my pudding, it's, God, I was not too prison-y. <laughs> that's the only time that's ever been said on this podcast. Sounds like it's going to be rice pudding or something. Yeah. Oh, no, don't don't but, preempt it. Let's not preempt. how can you not love a classic English pudding? And is it my fault that they want to give love and comfort to prisoners? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Look, let's drill down into this. How well do you think you could do in prison, Makia? <laughs> I'm really scared of prison. Yeah. And I don't think I could last more than an hour. We got ourselves a wimp. We got more ourselves than... a wimp here, here, Ed. Was this question, was this question posed to my mother? No, we didn't get we didn't get round to that. No. It's actually not been posed to anyone before. No one else has chosen prison food. I, I don't think I could I don't think I could handle prison for more than uh, an hour. Twenty minutes. What would your plan be? Say say you're going to prison, right? Mm. For whatever reason, and you're on your way there now, Ugh. and it's like for ten years or something. <laughs> You, you got you got to come up with a plan. Yeah. Mm. What's your plan to survive in prison? To be uh, invaluable. So I'd like work in the kitchen because I'd love yeah. the food. So I'd work with the food. I'd work in the laundry room. I'd try and be a real doer because I am a real doer, which is why when I wasn't really working for the first time in my life, yeah. I took myself on a spaghetti bolognese tour because I don't really know how to just sit still. And mm-hmm. when I'm not doing, I get into a weird headspace and i would try and bring that doer to prison to survive yeah 
That's good. I like that answer. That is good. Yeah. Oh, thank God, because that was quite the question. <laughs> Have you ever been in a cell? I went to Dover Castle on a school trip, uh, and you get to go in, in the cells there. No, Ed. I mean, like, thrown in a cell for bad behaviour. <laughs> I, a... I was very naughty on the trip. Yeah, but not, oh, not, not in a modern cell, no. I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't. I'm scared of prison as well. I like prison films and I like dramas in prison. Do you see? I really don't. That's how much I don't like prison. I don't even really like to look at it. Did you see that thing? Oh, you definitely didn't. Um, Time, the Sean Bean, uh, Stephen Graham drama that was on recently. Oh, that um, does sound wonderful. It is wonderful, but that if you're scared of prison, that will absolutely shit you up. There's a bit in it where uh, Stephen Graham. There's there's someone who they think is a grass, and what they do. Wait for, wait till you hear this. They boil up the kettle with loads of water in it and dump loads of sugar in it. So it's like boiling sugar water and then throw it on someone. It's absolutely horrifying. Because then it sticks to you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I would beat up Stephen Graham. You you would or you could? Both. Yeah, but I don't know why you would. He's, like, actually a really lovely guy. Made fun of Ramesh on Jonathan Ross. That's so sweet. Is that because you just want to protect your friend? Yes. I think Stephen Graham could probably keep the shit out of you. Well, we'll see. Lovely guy, but, like, been through some stuff. James, what's your plan for prison? Okay, I I would want to get through it without being hurt, but, uh, I mean, nah, I probably would just sugar water everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Then you become a massive point of, uh, you know, attack. People come for you in prison and there's nowhere to go. No, people would be like, he's mad. Don't go near, don't mess with him. Don't go with a sugar water guy because you'd be the only sugar water guy to throw it on people and then chug the rest. Yeah, and then drink it, <laughs> loving it. Glug, yeah. glug, glug. Mm. That's true. My auntie did say that to me once. If you ever feel in danger, act crazy. That's what you're supposed to do, right? In prison, you're supposed to go up to the biggest guy there as soon as you get in there yeah. and knock him out, right? I yeah. do a similar thing. I'm not, I'm not very violent. I'd go up to the biggest guy there and I'd be like, Anything you need, just come and ask me. Yeah. <laughs> you come ask for me. Yeah, anything you need, I'll look after you. You'll be all right. I'll look I after you. you, mate. Yeah. I got you. I'm Ed, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to meet yeah. you. I'm new here. Cauliflower cheese is a side dish. Lovely. Yeah. I was going to say, please, can we leave this meal alone now? Because I'm not even happy about adding the cauliflower cheese. Like, it's getting too busy. You're not happy about that. You don't, well, you don't have it's to. Getting it's getting too your busy. Dream meal. I don't want anyone to have their dream meal and not feel happy about it. Okay, do you know what? Then if I'm having cauliflower cheese, then I have to have carrots because I need that orange to deal with all the white and brown. Interesting. <laughs> this is very interesting. I get, you, cauliflower cheese is getting too busy. <laughs> now, I, I, I don't know why. So I had prison initially, and now I'm imagining you as the... You know the old lady character in Postman Pat? No. Mrs. Goggins. Mrs. Goggins. I'd imagine, I'm imagining you eating like a little old lady puppet. That sounds yeah. great. No, because I love dinners or meals in cartoons that are in English towns. It's what? a very Postman Pat. So oh. just like classic things that are eaten every day for tea around the country. So I bet me and Mrs. What's her name? Goggins. Goggins would have a fucking right laugh. It's like, same menu. So, hold on. You said you like meals from cartoons in little English towns. Mm. Are there other examples of this? than? Yeah, like Janet and Alan Alberg books. There was always like a pie <laughs> on the side with steam coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and then if they ever were like outside, there were always like really lovely green round lettuces. Just like, I love a lettuce, but also I really love a picture of one. <laughs> you know, my favourite Janet and Alan Alberg book is Burglar Bill, and at the end, Burglar Bill goes to prison and has sugar water thrown on him. <laughs> <laughs>
The dream drink. Oh, I love red wine. Oh, I love red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ed on the wine podcast. That was my first one. So I was still learning to like only taste, not swallow. Yeah, it's hard. It is really difficult. But now what happens is I finish the record, come home and I'm like, oh, let's have some wine. I've <laughs> been <laughs> tasting it for hours. Um, but yeah, I like, I would love to say I've learned loads. I think I have, but I just can't verbalize it. But I feel like I'm learning every time we do it. So what I have learned is that I like a very dark, full body chestnutty wine, which is, as my lovely co-presenter has told me, a syrup. So I love a Syrah and I'd love a big old glass of red wine with that mince and tatties meal. I really love doing your wine podcast. This spitting is very hard. I, and, it is. And dribbling down my chin. And then even, even if you're spitting, you're still getting a bit of wine in there. I was still exactly. like, I'm quite, I'm quite, I couldn't drive. I find the spitting gross. I'd refuse. It's disgusting. This is how you do it. You get a, you get a spittoon and you have no, to go. No, disgusting. And there's uh, no way to elegantly do it. I've been trying for weeks to, how do I do yeah. my spit? And it's just yeah. not happening. But James, the, like people who are actually testing wines do have to spit. So like I know someone who works at the Wine Society. He's a wine buyer. So mm. he might be up at 10 in the morning and have to taste 40 wines. You're not going to... Yeah, you can't be pissed. You can't drink them. I would swallow them all. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. You'd be a dead man. 40 yeah. wines. I would swallow them all. Do you like wine then? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> not really you do and ed you do yes and so does james we've shared many a lovely bottle of wine over the yes, years we have had nice I, I don't drink it very often in fact i really only drink it when i'm around people like ed who know what the good stuff is and right. then i'll just have a nice bottle of wine chosen by someone who knows more about wine than i do that's yeah. pretty much the only times I'll have it. So what, twice a week? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, yeah every night. Got, I'm, I'm over every night. He's <laughs> calling me going, Ed, I need you to come over, man. I need you to come be my wine cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I need it. Tell me what the good one is. <laughs> and that makes it less prisony. Prisony that you're not going to get a glass of syrup. That's true. How big a glass are we talking? Are we talking a big glass that's only filled up a little bit in like a oh, posh way? headphones have oh, come off. Makita's walked away. I can only assume... <laughs> Go to get a glass, but if she just doesn't come back, that'll be funny. <laughs> that's the that's the if question that's reason, finally tipped a guest over the edge. This How is big my a glass? Favorite wine oh. glass, um, really nice and big, massive, now. absolutely <laughs> massive. Can, can, can you hold that next to your face, please? Because the perspective at the minute looks like it's the size. Of, I mean, that is the size yeah, of your really face. The size of my head. The yeah. face, but not your head. It's yeah. the size of your face, but not your head. I'd say. And I would have it to about there. halfway. I don't like to full a glass. But that's why the glass is so big. Half your face of wine. So that's a big glass anyway, and you're filling it half up. That is still quite, I'd say, that's probably more than 250 Okay, I'm oh, sorry. There, to the, to the okay. bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good That's, that's a, a good bit more size polite, glass. isn't it? It's a bit more polite. Well, you know how I feel about a vessel. Yeah. yeah. I like this because it's big. You can do the rolling that Will's taught me. Swilling around, yeah. Put your nose in there. And it feels just like a decadent thing, which kind of perks up a Tuesday evening. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I, I noticed, you know, you, you bought it here and it's completely clean. Of course, of course it's clean. Well, you might have bought it here and it was like, you clearly had it last night and not washed it up yet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like... I, I did have a glass in this yet, uh, last night, but I, oh God, I'm becoming so uptight with vessels that I've started to feel like... Every glass of wine has to be from a different glass. Oh, so, okay, this vessel thing is fucking out of control. <laughs> yeah. Also, just using the term vessels all the time yeah. <laughs> just shows how obsessed you are with it. So you will have a glass of wine in that, and then if you, if you choose to have a second glass of wine, 
you'll want to change glasses. Yeah. Even if it's from the same bottle? Yeah, it's more about, like, I don't... The glass then feels a bit grubby. Right. Do you think it's because it feels like you're having your first glass again? Maybe. Get that first hit. Yeah. Maybe. No, it's not because of that. It's because oh. you think it's dirty. You think I you've do. made it dirty with the I, same wine. I do. It was all in a bottle together a minute ago. You put some of it in that clean glass and drank it, and now you don't want to put any more in there because then it's dirty. No, because then there's some up the sides from where you've drank, and so it just it looks stained. Right. But, like, you know, it probably stops you from having more than three glasses because I can't keep <laughs> changing glasses. But then you wash them all up that night. And you wash well. them up, yeah. If, if I say it on this, I'd probably drink a bottle. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it probably tempers the evening. Mm. We can try and put that positive spin on it. <laughs> When did this start? Well, that's only in about the last sort of four years. I think that's more since my parents have had establishments. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every time you get a drink, you get a new glass. And we've spent a lot okay. of time working in their establishments, filming in their establishments. So I kind of got to be used to service yeah. <laughs> rather than just having a drink at home. Oh, so, so now when you're alone at home having a drink, you see yourself as your own waiter. <laughs> As my own bar back, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's interesting. So basically, so if you have more than a few glasses of wine, someone would walk into your house and go, oh, I didn't know you had people over last night, Makita. <laughs> Just like glasses. loads of empty glasses everywhere. Yeah, I am constantly washing glasses. What, what do you think about this that I noticed about myself this week? And I think, I think this will absolutely revolt you. <laughs> I, I, I go to bed with a glass of water. I, I, on my bedside, might have a few sips of it during the night, wake up in the morning, finish the glass, then we'll often then top that glass up with more water and, 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 and have a glass of water in the morning. So it's been there all night long with this water in it. Oh, 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 oh. I finished oh. it in the morning and uh-uh. then with the same glass, I have a glass oh, of water. No way. See this? That's a, that's a glass of water there you're holding, like, like, yeah. like it's Simba, yeah. And if it... Gets even a little bit. I probably change this like the glass of water I have all day working from home. I probably change this about four times a day. Wow! And have a new glass each time. Listen to this, Mickey. Now and again, I'll have like a bottle of water next to my bed, like just a tap water. And sometimes I'll get into bed if I'm a bit pissed or whatever. I'll be like, oh, "Fuck! I need water in the middle of the night," and I'll drink it. Mm. And I don't even know how long that's been there for. Maybe oh, fucking out. Oh, maybe Jesus. even like a week. Sweating, sweating weeks. in that plastic. Yeah. Like, does that even feel like a good thing when it hits the back of your throat? Feels like end of party water. I don't mind that. <laughs> now, yeah, what are you drinking that water out of? I noticed that. That's a wine glass. Oh, well, this is a cider glass. Oh, that's all kinds of fucked up. A big cider glass, and I'm drinking water out of it. How about this, Makita? Sometimes I'll go down to the bottle bank in the car park, and I'll stick my arm in there, and I'll rummage around until I find a <laughs> bottle, and then I'll pull it out, and I'll just drink the dregs of whatever was in there. That's fine. That's looking yeah. after the planet. How about this, Makita? <laughs> Sometimes, if I'm thirsty, I'll just get a straw and I drink straight out of a puddle. Okay. No. How do you feel about that? Genuinely making me feel sick. How do you feel about this, Makita? <laughs> Sometimes I'll hide in like a really posh person's bathroom and I'll wait until they go to the toilet and they're using the bidet. And then as soon as they turn the bidet on, I just dart my head in between their butt and, and the bidet and I, and I lap out of the, the bidet water. Yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I think that mirrors your existence. I think the way we consume water mirrors our lifestyles. Nikita, how about this? Sometimes, if I'm really thirsty when I'm out and about, I just pay a stranger to spit in my mouth. How do you feel about okay. that? Yeah. I think, um, I think that all these sound like they make sense to who you are uh-huh. and where you're coming from. 
So I'll drink out of my clean glass, mm. and you guys just fuck around with all your dirty stuff. Yes. <laughs> your dessert. Pretty simple. <laughs> Apple crumble, cold single cream. The the crumble has to be hot. And I like it to have sultanas in it and it be, have quite a lot of sauce. And I like the crumble to not be too crumbly and almost like it to be a bit more like dough-like. And then cold cream. But I would say probably a jug of cream to myself. I don't like running out of cream. I like a lot of cream and it has to be really cold. And I prefer single. Maybe this much cream? No, two of these. Two wine glasses. Two face wine glasses full of cream. Big time. And are you using all of that? Uh, yeah, I'd like it to be a bowl of cream with the crumble in the middle. But it's really a bowl of cream with an addition. Right. Personally, that's too much cream, I'd say. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Because I hate when it gets dry and it doesn't take many mouthfuls to run out of cream. If you're talking mm. about cream that you get in a restaurant, you get enough for like three mouthfuls. Well, yeah, okay, I understand that. I ask for an extra jug, often. Really? When, when out. I would never have single cream with crumble anyway. Would you have, would you have custard? Ice cream. Ice cream no. on crumble. No? No. I need it to be gentler than that. Like a Midsummer Murders dessert, you know? What would they eat in the village hall? The fuck is wrong with you? I mean, this is... <laughs> that is actually it. That's it. It's like, what would they eat in, like, the village where Miss Marple is? Mm-hmm. And that's how I plan my meals. <laughs> It's mad. How has this happened? This is in direct relation to having a fancy chef mum. Yeah, but your mum runs a Carib- your mum runs a Caribbean restaurant. <laughs> exactly, and I'm sick of that chicken. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful, but I've eaten it my whole life. Yeah, her okay. food is incredible, but it, it really is, and it makes people happy. And what she does with the sort of alchemy of her cooking, I, I think it's extraordinary. But when it comes to what I want to eat, I just want to eat pie and crumble and cream and gravy. I'll say that I would go custard first choice, then ice cream, then double cream, then single cream, then squirty, <laughs> squirty cream bottom. But when it's, If we're talking about apple crumble. Creme fraiche? Where are you putting creme fraiche? Oh, I'd put creme fraiche above double cream. Wow. I'd, yeah. I'd say the same probably. I don't really like double cream, so it's too intense. Obviously. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the woman who said that she finds sparkling water too intense, that's not a surprise. Can I just say, in every other area of my life, I'm funky as hell. Okay? Like, <laughs> sure. I can dance, I can talk to people, but when it comes to my food taste, yeah, I'm a boring bitch. <laughs> no, no one who is funky as hell has ever said, I'm funky as hell. No. I've never had to profess it no. in such retaliation before, but I was like, mm. I should probably let them know that I am actually a cool motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. It's just what I like to eat. <laughs> so you've got that amount of cream. Mm. Are you like having it like you take a spoonful of crumble and then you put the cream on each spoonful? Or- yes, I do do that, actually. I do do that. So there's the bowl of cream, the apple crumble, and then... Spoon and then yeah, little jug. Woo! Yeah, so every mouthful's got a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's not that. Oh, that's a bit new. I've been doing that in the last few years. You, you know what? For me, saves this dessert because that apple crumble's nice anyway. I wouldn't have it with a single cream, but the sultanas in the apple crumble really make it for me. Yeah, I think that's essential in an apple crumble. I definitely want that. And not always there. No. Not always there. I think it takes it out of the school dinner frame. But then if you're talking about puddings in general, like, God, I used to love school dinners puddings. Like, I love just, like, cake and custard. 
from mm-hmm. school dinners. And I love that sometimes it was chocolate cake with chocolate custard. Yeah. That was good. But I imagine that your schools have better school dinners than me. I went to some pretty shitty schools. No, my school... No, that sounds like my school. <laughs> school dinners, <laughs> no, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, oh. I actually had a packed lunch. Oh. Uh, my mum would do me packed lunch. But when I was older, I worked in a school as a classroom assistant. And I would sometimes have the because you'd be on um, lunch duty with the kids, and uh, you'd have to have dinner with them because they were autistic kids. So you had to like, uh, if you were assigned a certain kid for the day, you had to go to uh, have school dinners with him. And uh, so it was like the first time in my life I was having school dinners was like when I was like in my mid twenties working in oh, that wow. school, and I would find myself not verbalizing it or t- saying it to any of the other teachers, but like thinking. I really hope it's chocolate cake and chocolate custard. Today. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite excited about it. You get into the rhythm of like, oh God, I wonder what it is today. Yeah. I do love that. And I think that's because I never had, so you know, some families are like Wednesday's bangers and mash, Friday's fish and chips. My mum was never like that. And I, I really like structure and order. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when you're eating the apple crumble, every time you take a spoonful, do you have to then go and get a clean spoon for the next one? Good question. No. No. Yeah, but that's in your that head now, be... right? <laughs> I'm just thinking, can I give myself a bowl of four teaspoons? Yeah, that's quite good. Four four big spoons. That that would be beautiful. That would be yeah. beautiful. And then every bite's your first bite. I think that is what it's about. It's like that first hit of something, and it's like trying to recreate that, but you can't really. No. I think he's got you there. That's going to be in your head now. Makita, if you start doing that, at that point, will you acknowledge that you've got a problem? <laughs> Yes, and only then. Yeah. Yes, I will. So do we like my meal at all now? Well, I'll read it back to you. Okay. And let's see how we all feel about this. Yeah. Okay? We'll see how you feel about it, Makita. Most of all, that's the most important thing. You're the one eating it. It's your dream meal. Okay. Water. You want still Brita-filtered water. Poplums or bread. Nutty brown bread with butter. Starter. A really good salad with radicchio, parsley, watercress with the Oliver family oysters. Main course. Mince and tatties with creamy mushroomy sauce. Oh, yeah. Side dish of cauliflower, cheese and carrots. Although, from what I gather, you can take or leave that. You'd rather it wasn't there. It's more important about the peas. You want the peas to be with the main course as well. Yeah. Yes. Drink, big glass of syrup, red wine. Yeah. Dessert, hot apple crumble with sultanas and a jug or two jugs of cold single cream. Yeah. Yes. What a party. It's not a party, though, is it, Vikita? It's a wake if it's a party. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's tea. I, look, I, I do quite like the sound of this. I think I can imagine yeah. if it's cold outside, you know, as it is at the moment, it's exciting. Like food that loves you from within. And yeah. also, I just love the, I love the idea that there's probably in this country five million other people having the same dinner as me. I just love that. I love that we have like our five or ten things that just in this country you just would have for dinner. Like bangs and mash, spaghetti bolognese, shepherd's pie, fish pie. Just like the classics. So when you're eating a meal like that, you like to think about all the other people eating it. I think I was brought up in a single parent household with not much structure. So I liked telly and comfort food. I like things that made me feel connected to the country around me, not the world. This is actually quite Britain specific. (laughs) And that's why I always liked EastEnders because I loved that it was on at eight o'clock and I knew that everyone would sit down at eight and watch it with their tea. Did you like it when you would like, you know, present Pop World same time every morning? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was, there was definitely no coincidence that the first job I had sort of marked the weekend. And then T4 really cemented it as like you are part of everyone's weekend. Mm-hmm. To this day, people still say like, you know, you were the, 
I've watched you growing up. Yeah. I think there was a part of me that loved that this sort of inserting myself into the structure of the country and the rhythm of the country. And I know that it sounds like we've gone off on a tangent, but that is, I know that's what I'm looking for when I go to the cafe yeah. or I make that kind of food at home or ask mum to make that kind of food. I think you might have convinced me, you know. Oh, oh. look, we've, we've given you a hard time, but genuinely <laughs> I can't really pick any faults with, oh, I, I would enjoy this meal. Absolutely. Oh. I would enjoy it. And it's been much worse menus on this podcast, including Simon Amstel's. So, yeah. Oh, because Simon hates food. <laughs> yes, thank you. This is what we thought. This is what we suspected. Makita, thank you so much for coming to the Dream Restaurant. I think you've convinced us uh, to the ways of mints and tatties. Not James. I'm one over. I, I would eat that. I've got bad news, Makita, for the end of the podcast. You're going to prison. Good luck. This is the twist of this, of, of this episode. Twist. Yeah, We've got the police wagon waiting for you outside. <laughs> I do one night in prison for this meal. Cool. Oh. All right. Which prison? Oh, uh, God. Probably one of the countryside ones. Yeah, got to be right. Oh, yeah, for the view. <laughs> <laughs> for the view. Yeah. Thank you very much, Makita. Thank you. Thank you, Makita. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Well, there we go. Uh, I think she convinced us, James, menu-wise. Sometimes it's nice to be won over and have your mind changed, isn't it? Yes, it is. Thank you, James. Could that be a lesson to everyone? And thank you very much uh, to Makita as well for coming on the podcast. You were great. Makita's podcast, The Wine Times, is well worth a listen. I myself have been on it, but lots of other guests uh, have been on it as well, and loads more still to come. So do go and check that out wherever you get your podcasts, James. Thank you, Makita, for not saying the secret ingredient as well. Chicken's arse. Yes, no chicken's arse. Not the chicken's arse in sight. Mentioned the roast chicken at one point. Mentioned yeah. the chicken. I thought... Yeah, uh-oh, is she going around to the arse? Is there going to be a little reach around? But no. <laughs> I'm on tour, James. Congrats. In February. I'm going all over the place. Uh, I've got a new stand-up yeah. show called Electric. I'm very much enjoying putting it together, having a lot of fun, and can't wait to show it to everyone. Edgamble.co.uk for tickets. I should be coming to a town relatively near you. It's going to be great. Ed's been telling me loads of little bits and bobs from it, and it sounds yeah. very funny. Yeah, I'm a cop in it. I'm an un- I'm an undercover cop. What the f- what? I'm an undercover cop in it, James. But I don't oh. mention it, unlike some undercover cops. <laughs> yeah, so you only you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would good. never, ever, as an undercover cop, say on stage that I'm an undercover cop because then what the fuck is the point of that character? Yeah, absolutely. And if you did do that. I think audience members would be well within their rights to shout out, not a very good one then, and stuff like that at you every now yeah. and again, and yeah. thinking that, that, that they're being very funny. They would be yeah. well within their rights, and you would I deserve it every time that happened. I don't think they're being funny in that situation, James. I would think that's very right. accurate. Well done. You've they're pointing out the a logic. Major, you've spotted a major flaw there. Yeah, and it would always be men over 50 are always the one who shout that out aren't they they're Smartest, always the one they're the always, always be a man over 50 would go can't be a very good one then mate uh, you go, and oh, everyone good. laughs well no actually it, no it makes the gig very awkward right out the gate okay well i'm definitely not going to mention that i'm an undercover cop then yeah don't mention it too busy talking about bake-off and being sad that's the oh, problem no, with I my show a lot this. of stuff about being sad and doing bake-off oh no oh i did bake-off <laughs> I did Bake Off and I was tired. You know, that sort of thing. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the two types of routines. We all know that. <laughs> Pretending to be an undercover cop, undercover cop or saying you were on Bake Off and it, you were sad. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but my tour is on sale now, and it's edgamble.co.uk for tickets. So do do buy a ticket, for God's sake. It's my Come livelihood. On, I've got a cat to support. I've got a cat to support. Come on. What about pig? Think about little pig. Um, anything you want to plug, James? Go on. Yes. Uh, don't forget to tweet at Off Menu Official with your intro for this week's podcast. Hey there, Mr. Benito. I've got an intro for you, O. And then whatever it was that Ed said. It was take the the cocoa pops of conversation pouring over the cold milk of humour and oh god. So remove the old god and then yeah. it, finish it off. I'm so <laughs> tired. He's so tired. Look at how tired he is. I'm so tired. <laughs> he's tired, he's hungover. I got absolutely blasted last night. Yeah. I didn't eat dinner and then had two vodkas before we went out. Yeah. And then drank four no, pints when we were doing karaoke, yeah. and now I'm absolutely obliterated. Yes. I've got to go out for dinner tonight <laughs> with someone who famously drinks. <sighs> oh, man. I was fine for recording. Look, we recorded two this morning. We recorded mm. this one with Makita and we recorded one that you would have heard last week, I think. Yes. And that went fine because I hadn't eaten much. And now I, then I went downstairs after <laughs> we recorded it and I ate some bread and some cheese and some ham and then a big slice of a spooky, spooky Colin cake. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky Colin the Caterpillar. Yeah, and now I feel what, awful. What's the difference when he's spooky? Well, I don't know. I just ate it. <laughs> Look at this guy. He had a bone on it or something. <laughs> Who is this? Imagine if you were like this every week. Well, it wouldn't last, would it? The podcast wouldn't last. No, wouldn't have got off the ground. But it's, it's fun to have it have it now, though. I think yeah, it's, a, it's a, welcome, a welcome change this week. I, I quite like it. Well, and we've got to, I mean, another little peek behind the curtain. We've got to record some ads now. Yeah, we've got to record some ads. So they'll be playing for months, months in advance. So I'd imagine you'll be reminded of this moment in a few months when you hear an advert of me being sick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how de- depressed he sounds. And like, being, <laughs> oh, this is odd. In, in this ad, James seems to be doing the majority of the admin and the actual important stuff. And Ed seems to be just grumbling and moaning for the whole thing. Oh, man. Oh, well. Well, it was a good episode, though. It was a good episode. And I think this has been a brilliant ending. I'm very happy with this. Very good stuff. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye, bye, everyone. enjoyed this podcast can i interest you in a totally different podcast that's not about food and doesn't have james acaster or ed gamble but i would say is quite fun no thank you oh okay not to worry if you change your mind at a later date yeah it's called nobody panic right um, it's hosted by me tessa Coates, and my friend stevie martin which is weirdly me <laughs> And we tackle all kinds of how-tos, from big things to small things. How to stop saying sorry, how to poo, how to break up with someone, how to quit your job, how to relax, how to have a conversation, how to deal with unrequited love. A smorgasbord of things. Absolutely. We have a nice time. People seem to like it. If you like, you can come and see what all the fuss is about. All that fuss. What's What's it called? Nobody panic. You can find it on all of the podcast apps that you would imagine it would be on. Please have a listen. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you enjoy, well, um, there's another, there's a uh, another podcast just coming out. Oh no, the podcast is out now. Yeah. If people have enjoyed Off Menu, will they enjoy Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains? I don't, I don't know. 
there's well, there's a bit of crossover. We talk about um, maybe you know a couple of food uh, issues. We talk about cutlery, and that's near food. We reckon it's out now. Not soon. It's now. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. If you like James, and if you love Ed, you might get a kick out of this. But yeah, again, no pressure. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's perfect brands. 